coupon. It's not about what you buy. It's about the feeling you get. They call it the coupon high. Supposedly it's better than intimacy with another person. So I've been told. Sorry, I, have you not used a coupon or have you not had sex? It's rare when you can get something for nothing, but coupons can make that happen. They also get you something for less than you'd normally pay, and if the item is already on sale, you've nailed it. The payoff comes when you're ready to check out. The purchases have been rung up, and now it's time to scan the coupons. Will the store accept them all? And what will be the final bill compared to what you would have spent if you'd paid retail? Today we're going to talk about coupon fraud. Cases where fake coupons find their way into the redemption system and retailers or manufacturers get stuck with the bill for discounts that should have never been paid. How big a deal are coupon scams? If it seems as if we're talking about minor amounts of money, then let me ask, how does the number 32 million strike you? And that's just what two con artists pulled off. Lori Ann Talons and her husband Pacifico Talons Jr. printed nearly $32 million in coupons and made off with about $400,000 by selling them to coupon hunters. Records indicate that there were 13,000 separate and distinct counterfeit coupon designs and over $31 million worth of counterfeit coupons that were redeemed at a variety of stores across the United States through this scheme. They say she communicated with individual customers and coupon enthusiasts on social media websites. It states they would pay in various ways, like Bitcoin and PayPal. That caper ran between 2017 and 2020. The two entered guilty pleas on charges of mail fraud, wire fraud, and health care fraud, and were sentenced to 12 years in prison. The Talons used social media platforms to connect with customers. They were known online under the brand MasterChef. It was a huge enterprise and surprising that it could be done with so few people. But they aren't the only entrepreneurs out there. In March 2022, the U.S. Attorney's Office said a Modesto, California woman admitted she fraudulently created and sold more than $9.9 million of counterfeit coupons between 2017 and 2021. Tong Lor, who went under the name Mandy Carr, pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit mail fraud. That carries a maximum potential penalty of 20 years in prison and a fine of $250,000, or twice the gain or loss from the crime. The scammers ran a large-scale operation, producing four-color paper coupons honored by hundreds of participating retail stores. The coupons were sold via invitation-only internet groups. They were mailed to 13,000 households. In Montgomery County, Texas, 
Officials uncovered a sophisticated operation that began with 23 people. Here's police captain Tim Holyfield. If you look at the coupons that you see, if you were to go to Walmart, Kroger, H-E-B, as you check out and they print out the little coupons, well, they've actually gotten those printers and then they've went in and manipulated the coupons to where they can change to whatever the item is that you're wanting. If you want to uh, get coupons for diapers, you call and order those and they'll send you coupons for diapers and then you take them to the store. Now, when they ring up, and in fact, we have some information from clerks who said when they ring up, they may ring up as something totally different, but it had a picture of the diapers on there or whatever the, the cleaning uh, liquids were. They were using the exact same printers that the retail stores are using today. And so that's how they were able to continue this. One would think that with all the scamming, there'd be a way of programming cash registers to catch the fakes. There is. Bud Miller of the Coupon Information Center says his organization provides retailers with free data they can use to spot fakes. And it's regularly updated. But it's up to the retailer to decide whether to use it and keep it updated. If the retailer is using the CIC early warning file or some other type of technology out there, they can often detect a fraud immediately upon the attempt to use a coupon at the store. Uh, and that frequently happens. And at that point, you know, the, the, the consumer can be informed of it and the coupon simply not accept it, thereby averting any type of financial losses. Sounds easy-peasy, right? Alas, like most things, it's more complicated. Here's a quick breakdown of how the system works, and I'll use grocery stores as those are examples we're all familiar with. You buy your stuff and go to the cash register where the coupon is swiped. If accepted, you get the discount, and the coupon goes into the drawer. Later, the coupons, along with the store's record of the sale, goes to a clearinghouse, which audits the actual paper coupons against the store records. The clearinghouse works for lots of merchants and provides a convenient way of sorting everything out. Once sorted, the clearinghouse sends the paper coupons and its audit to the manufacturer's representative, which does another audit, then tells the manufacturer what it owes the grocery store. This is where things can get ugly and why the CIC encourages use of its files so fake coupons can be rejected on the spot. If it gets through the crack somehow, it's generally uh, identified during the coupon processing. Uh, it could be detected by the clearinghouse. It could be detected by the manufacturer's agent. And then, you know, the manufacturer at that point may, depending upon their policy and the situation, decline to pay for the coupon. If that occurs, then uh, the retailer would incur the loss. Uh, sometimes a manufacturer will pay for the counterfeit because you know they think it was taken in good faith or you know whatever's going on between the manufacturer and the retailer. And in that case, the manufacturer would take the loss. And then just to make things even more interesting, sometimes a manufacturer will reject a payment for a counterfeit coupon. And the retailer will then do what's called a deduction. And uh, essentially, the next time the manufacturer is required to uh, get paid for products they've sold to the retailer, 
the retailer will withhold the value of the counterfeits or whatever's been rejected from their payment to the manufacturer. And that forces the loss back onto the manufacturer. And then that can go through several cycles before it finally gets negotiated and resolved. And you think sorting out your recycling's hard. Here's where scammers come into the picture. They are the ones putting fake coupons into the marketplace, and they do that by either printing them themselves or by having them printed in China or elsewhere and shipped back. While they may use some of them, the big money comes in setting up websites that sell the coupons at a discount. Coupon hounds buy the collections, then head off to the store to use them. Some coupons make it into the system because they use standard barcoding, but some are blocked and the customer doesn't get the discount they paid for. Customers don't just get suckered when their coupon is deemed worthless. They also gave up a lot of personal information like their credit card numbers when they bought those fake coupons. And you can bet that information will be sold. What coupons you bought also provides valuable information. Buying coupons for baby products can be sold to companies selling those products. Coupons for clothing or nearly anything else is of great value to those retailers, so the scammers get another income stream. This triple whammy is a great deal for scammers. Take these three Arizona women. In 2012, authorities seized $40 million in fake coupons that reportedly were created outside the U.S. and resold online. The cops recovered $2 million in assets, including $240,000 in vehicles, 22 guns, and a 40-foot speedboat. Sounds exciting. Well, Hollywood thought so, too, so they made a movie. It's what they do. Where did you get these? When you send these companies a complaint, they send you a coupon for free stuff. All of these free coupons come from one factory. It's like Robin Hood. We gotta steal these coupons and sell them to families who really need them. That's money in the bank. You never heard of queen pins? Well, not to worry, no one else did either. It reportedly made only $1.2 million worldwide on an estimated $7 million budget. You'll remember I told you earlier about how coupons move through the auditing process? Well, that procedure creates a lot of openings for con artists to make money as well. Back in the aughts, about two dozen national consumer product companies sued international outsourcing services and 11 people claiming they lost $150 million in an elaborate fraud. iOS is a coupon clearinghouse, and the indictment said it submitted coupons for reimbursement that were never actually redeemed by customers. Those submissions generated fees for the company. The 11 people were mainly executives at iOS, and court records say at least $250 million was stolen over 10 years making it the largest case ever in the coupon business. That case dragged through the courts for a decade and ended up with former CEO Chris Balsinger being convicted and a federal appeals court upholding a December 2016 conviction. 
Balsinger got 10 years for wire fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, and conspiracy to obstruct justice. He'll have to pay $65 million in restitution. I came out of the newspaper industry, and Sunday newspapers were the place to go for coupons. In fact, for many papers, those coupons drove sales of Sunday newspapers and allowed the publishers to set higher prices for Sunday ads. These days, newspapers are in decline, and it would seem that manufacturers and retailers would move toward online coupons that might be more secure than paper ones. You'd think that, but Bud Miller of the CIC says it's not likely to happen. You know, I've been told that when I started this job as a temporary summer job in 1986. They said, you know, bud, you better look for employment elsewhere because, you know, another two years from now, coupons won't be around. Uh, So now I don't see that happening. Coupons are a very American form of promotion, particularly in challenging economic times like we're currently facing and will be facing for some time. So no, I do not see them going away. What I do see is new opportunity, new promotional opportunities through digital and other items that will give consumers and manufacturers and retailers better and greater choices that will you know, enhance hopefully the shopping experience, the marketing experiences, and the purchasing experience for everybody. There are a lot of opportunities out there, but... Uh, Uh, I would not write off paper coupons any time in the near future. That said, it's easy to protect yourself from coupon fraud. Don't buy bundles of coupons. It's very likely they're fake. A successful con seduces a sucker into a world where their dreams can come true. Power and great riches are within their grasp. This magic casts a spell that leads its audience to hand over all their money to scammers who vanish before the sucker realizes it was all an illusion. If you enjoy the podcast, please help us out by telling your friends and encouraging them to listen. Scams and Cons is available wherever podcasts are found and at scamsandcons.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Scams and Cons. Lastly, if you can head over to Spotify and leave us a five-star rating, it'd be really appreciated. Spotify listeners are more than half our audience, so it makes a difference. We'll be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Amy and Vanessa from She Goes by Jane, where we shine light on the stories of missing and unidentified women. On November 7th, we're sharing Nahida's story for the first time in a podcast. And this is a story that I thought I knew, but after reading police reports, became more complicated than I thought. When investigators are called to Nahida Khatib's house, everything looks fine. Her purse is on the kitchen table, her cup of coffee is on the counter, and her two-year-old niece is in her playpen. The only thing amiss? Nahida is missing. Every week, we feature a poem written in honor of the person we're talking about. 
This week, we're joined by one of our favorite actresses. You might know her from Sister Act or King of the Hill or The Descendants. But if you're like us, you'll know her from Hocus Pocus. She's the much-beloved Kathy Najimy. Join us November 7th to hear Nahida's story. <laughs>